Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Y'all, do I you have no leverage of as, as a buyer if you literally give away the farm while yeah. you're in the house. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi Alyssa. Hey Katie. We now only say each other's names at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Still got to keep clarifying We're, for people. You know, in case you're new here, I am Katie, and there are so many episodes about who we are, Yes, including episode one, but also there's our favorite things. Such yes. as, and then there's one that's like getting to know us, and I don't remember what number that was. Anyway, hi, this is Katie. Alyssa's here. I'm here. <laughs> She's here. This is episode number 79. And I have zero idea how we made it to 79 without actually addressing probably the integral function that you serve in your real estate career, which is buyers. I didn't believe you when you told me that. <laughs> did you go that check? We did not have a buyer episode. We didn't have a strictly buyer episode about the beginning to end of buyers. And I am going to call this episode, well, wait, for my, did you ever watch Modern Family? Yes. Okay, great. This one's called, Buyers, 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 <laughs> buyers, buyers. <laughs> Remember, closets, 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 closets. That was his big competition. Yeah. Closets, 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 closets. I mean, we've had episodes where we've talked about buyers and where we have gone through the inspection process. Very in-depth or... on parts of the process. Right. But not from beginning to end working a buyer. Yeah. Beginning to end working a buyer, which is typically the first thing you ever do. Yeah. As a new realtor. Mm-hmm. It's the... I'm doing my air quotes. It isn't the easiest thing that you do. It's easy to get a buyer client. You're not asking anyone to pay you money directly. They usually don't interview like sellers Yeah, they're just like, they think they only need a warm body to open doors. Right. So you can, you fit that bill. Good news, new realtors. You can do this. You can do this. Mm -mm. Their standards may be low, but ours are not. Ours are not low. We're going to make sure you, even on your very first buyer, knock their socks off. Yeah. Okay. And so step one, listen to this episode, (laughs) buyers, buyers, buyers. All right. Let's start at the beginning where it all begins. Okay. You have received a phone call from a buyer. We're going to, here's my first question to you. Do you receive the initial contact via phone, via email, via text? How do you, via a social media message, you, Alyssa, how do you receive your original Mm. buyer client? There are so many outlets. Okay. Sometimes it's a Facebook message. Hey, not sure if you remember me from high school or from wherever, wherever, but we need to buy a house. Right. Um, But I do feel like I get a lot of phone calls that, hey, so-and-so gave me your number, um, so I was just calling to let you know, I think we want to buy a house. Okay. Um, so yes. All right. Tell me this. What is your process? Step one, if you have received it via a Facebook message. Step one is to open my Trello. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much everybody starts off as an active buyer. Okay. You will know within three to four weeks if they need to be moved to your prospects the b list list yes where they're not active Mm -hmm. um but they have to start somewhere and i always start with my buyer template under active buyers okay so i usually if it was like an email or a message i start create their card Mm -hmm. and i call them when i can type okay and i usually type while we talk do you say i'm going to call you you don't ask them can i call you oh usually 
I feel like it says they usually say this is my number. Okay. They're opening up the ability to right. Call, or talk. if I'm okay. returning like a voicemail yes. or a okay. text or something, then mm-hmm. yes, I'm about to call them okay. to discuss the process. Well, because I think some people get tripped up here in the beginning on just getting them on the phone, right? Yeah, I do think it's important, especially if it's a buyer that you it's not someone you've ever met personally. Yes. To let them hear your voice as soon as they can. Okay. Agree. You cannot, the whole, the whole point and best practice of real estate is to build a relationship. Right. You cannot do that via text exchange only. Sure. Whether it's email or social media or whatever, like you're, it's going to take you a lot longer to build trust that way than if they hear you on the telephone. So I know this is a little bit trickier for your um, average millennial. They're not big phone people. Mm -hmm. Like I just am raised in a generation where texting was not an option, right? Like email was not an option. So we learned phone etiquette. We learned how to talk on the phone. We talked to our friends on the phone. We got excited when they, the, with the intro call waiting. And then there was phone etiquette with that. And then you had three-way call and you could talk to more (laughs) than one person at the same time. But my point is generationally, there are people who are buying houses now that are not phone talkers. Yeah. And I'm not a huge phone talker myself. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to make that call. I need to make that call. Right. But I will say, once you get going, you're like, this is good. It's so much I needed look, to hear their voice. They needed to hear mine. I know. Even now I have a buyer and I'm like, do you mind if I call you? Like yeah. they sent a text question. I'm like, one, I'm long winded. Right. And two, I don't, it's going to take me a lot longer to get this on text than for me to just call and you talk me through the problem and I'll talk you through the options. It's just faster. Yes. Honestly, the buyer intake is faster on the phone. And if you checked out in one of our pretty recent episodes, um, we talked about reading in between the lines Mm -hmm. and really understanding and listening to Mm -hmm. what they need. And when you're on that first buyer call, you need to be on the phone to really hear what they're saying. And if I've answered, you know, I'll just either pull over or stop what I'm doing and put mm-hmm. them on speakerphone and open Trello okay. and make notes. My, my biggest thing is that, especially if I wasn't fully prepared and I'm like, hello, they called like, out hey, of the blue, right. You know, and the, I was looking to buy a house. I need to make notes. <laughs> I love your buyer voice. Yeah. I need hey. to make notes like right now. Right. Because I'm going to forget. No, no. Immediate and, notes. Yes. Agree. So that is step one is putting yeah. them somewhere. Yeah. So if it was a message, I put it in Trello before I call, so I'm ready to type when they talk. Okay. Um, so, yes, that's what I do. Okay. I call them. Perfect. I have a buyer lead sheet yes. that I teach in the course and I have used for years. And I think the first time I was introduced to any version of this, it was in a lead round class. Uh, it is a lifesaver. I keep it. You know, it's better than the scratch sheet of paper. I would write on the back of a receipt in my purse. Like, yes. you know, if I'm out <laughs> and, and someone that. calls, yes. I mean, it still happens, but I usually will just have these in my office drawer, in the car, whatever. Um, and it's because, you know, I'm a pen paper. It's easier for me than to type it. And it's probably the generational thing again. It's just easier than me getting out the phone and going into notes and all that stuff. I want to just write it down real fast. Sure. On my buyer lead sheet, there are things that people probably put on there if you use like a survey, like Mm -hmm. if someone were to send out a new buyer survey or questionnaire, these are the things on here. Again, I'd prefer to ask them because I think you learn a lot by hearing the response. So when you ask, what is your price range? And they tell you, well, it's this, but I'm really more comfortable at this. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a whole, when people black and white fill out an online questionnaire or a a message, they're they're not telling you all the nuance. Like no. you're missing all the nuance. Yes. So the phone call is important, but basically I go through, how did you hear about me? Mm-hmm. And Who do you have you? an agent? Let's re- remind <laughs> ourselves again, step one of dealing with the new buyer. Are you working with an agent? Yes. Is the most important question. Um, and then how did you hear about me? And then I ask them, you know, obviously general questions. What are you looking for? When do you plan Mm -hmm. to move? Do you have a house to sell? You know, what are some of the other things you ask all of your new buyers? I usually start off by asking them, where do they live now? That's Mm -hmm. great. Are you renting? Do you have a lease? What is your time frame? Right. If they don't have a lease or a time frame, if they're living at home or I say, well, if you could pick when you were moving into your house, when would that be? Right. Okay. So it's January. So they want to be in in May. Okay. Well, we probably need to start looking and 
you know, late February, early March Mm -hmm. and be under contract by mid end of April. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of what the time frame, figuring out their time frame is key. Because if they tell me, well, my lease is until September. Right. They may not understand that it's too early to go look, but it's not too early to go ahead and get the pre-approval process started. And I think the key when you ask them, where do you live? And are you renting? Mm -hmm. And they say, yes. And you say, are you in a lease? And they say, it's 10 months away. And you ask them, you know, when they want to move and they want to move in two months. And you say, well, (laughs) does your landlord allow you to get out of your lease? And they say, no, you just have to be like, you understand that that's not how this works. (laughs) Right. But it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yes. To break your lease. To break your lease. So it's really good to help them put it all in perspective mm-hmm. and to give them goals and time frame. And I think you're right. I always tell them it is not too early to do your pre-approval. Never. That's the only way we can start to keep an eye on the market, know what we're planning for. And heaven forbid you have something you need. You have a perfect opportunity here. If there's something on your credit that you need to take care of mm-hmm. and you've got 10 months, you've got to wait for your lease anyway. Well, don't wait until month nine, check your credit and find out there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Do it now. And then you've got all this time to work on it. And anyway, or what if you don't have any credit at all and you need to get a credit card and establish some history? Like there's a lot of reasons why I think the pre-approval obviously wants to happen early on. Sure. Okay. So that happens when you ask where they live. What What do you want to know about their home search? Do you let them just tell you broadly? Do you ask them specific questions? I don't dive into that tremendously on the first call because I tell them, well, we can't really set up a search until we really nail down the budget. Okay. So we need to figure out once you're pre-approved, I will set up a search for you based on the numbers that you feel comfortable with and then area because you can tell me what you want all day long, but... It doesn't right. matter right oh, now yeah. and until I've had I have people, a price. I've had new buyers give me the most ridiculous yes. list. They don't know, bless them. They, they don't, don't know. know. They give you the most ridiculous list and you want to laugh. And they're like, I need a pool and mm-hmm. a this and a that. And and I think I'm going to want to spend $150,000. I'll be like, whoa, mm-hmm. no. Right. Or I want to live in this neighborhood, but I only want to spend this. I'm like, also no. No. So I agree. You have to know your price. I do let them tell me a little bit about their search only so that I can also know why they're moving. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. are yeah. you, are you moving from one house to another for size mm-hmm. for locate? Like what are, what's the motivation behind this move mm-hmm. is always a good question. Um, and they're going to want to tell you that right away. And I asked you like, when you search online, what parameters are you putting in? Oh, that's when good. You search. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I usually put in, mm-hmm. you know, this many bedrooms or bathrooms. I like this area. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of helps me know what they're looking at. I like that. Okay. So after the intake, you've sent them on their way and you're like, go forth, get pre-approved, come back. Mm-hmm. You leave them on your Trello and check on them. Yes. Until that's done. Yes. Okay. And then once it's done, you know whether or not they stay on the active pipeline or do they go to the wait waiting in line prospect board correct okay got it perfect um i think that's really all i have on my intake as well and i usually tell them if you want i can copy you on an email Mm -hmm. introducing you to a lender that i work with yes and i tell them you know i have three or four different lenders that i work with Mm -hmm. they're all different you know, this one's really great with first-time home buyers. She was a teacher for 20 years and she's been doing loans for 10. This other guy is really good if you've bought four houses and don't want a lot of the fluff, fluff and hand-holding and you just want your loan done and, right. you know, minimal communication. Right. This person is great over here if you're a veteran. They do a lot of VA, you know, just... Right. It, depending on They're what different. you're looking for, do you need a recommendation? Yeah, I like that you are having this discussion though with them so they understand, one, that you can refer them mm-hmm. and, and have trusted professionals. And two, they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. So you, and that the, you have that specialized knowledge that they need. Buyers on that first call still don't know what you do. No. At all. No. And if you're already giving them advice like that, then they're like, oh, well, you were so helpful and mm-hmm. I don't know any of this. And- Especially if it's a young buyer or maybe just even an older person who hasn't bought a house in a long time. Sometimes they come to me and say, well, I spoke to my bank 
Mm-hmm. And that triggers me to say, I think that's awesome because I don't want to scold them for no, uh, doing the wrong thing. Right. But I just want to let you know, you may want to ask for what's called a fees worksheet. Right. I have found that banks, um, while they are usually great banks, are not always the best with mortgages. Yeah. You may want to compare them to a local mortgage lender. Mm-hmm. Um, so request a fees worksheet. Right. And um, then they're like, oh, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. So I do try to, in that first conversation, show some value. Yes. Give them guidance and direction. Yes. Let them know, wow, I really did need to call her. Right. Like, yes. this isn't just about yes. looking online at houses. Right. This is the real deal. Yeah. I need advice. That's your whole function as a mm-hmm. realtor. I love that. Okay. So They've gone. We've taken the call. They're going to get pre-approved. Let's just say then there's two options, right? And we're going to talk about this framed out with, as we go through the episode, we're going to tell you guys exactly which email templates we use and when. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've had the first call. They're on their task of getting pre-approved. Here are the two options. Option one is they do not get pre-approved and yet they contact you and want you to show them houses. Correct. And option two is they are good little students and run off and get pre-approved and then let you know they have been pre-approved. Okay. What happens with these two things? The one that starts sending me houses, I say, well, just a reminder, <laughs> we can't make appointments to go into other people's homes without being vetted. So, okay. so and I do try to word it that way. Right. Like remind them that people own these homes. Yeah. And we're strangers to them. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, we can't make appointments going into their home until that's done. Okay. Um, and that's an email template. That can, if, if they send me a house, I could just respond with, I usually hold on to the pre-approval needed template until they say, well, I just want to see this house first. Yeah. Okay. Then, okay. then you're like, no, no. Right. But Got if it. they just send me one house, I'll say, yeah, did you get in touch with the lender? How and did that go? Okay. You, you just put the ball back did in Did you get court. the pre-approval that we need so I can schedule appointments? Like I want them to know, like I need that letter to schedule appointments. Yeah. And I like, let's back up too. You use the term, have you had a budget meeting? Yes. When you're in your initial intake. And mm-hmm. we did, and we've talked about that before, but I like that terminology. And that, so they're not afraid or scared yes. of the whole Pre-approval. I hate the word pre-qualified. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds really scary to me. I think if I was a new buyer, I would be like, oh, man, this is all right. a lot. Yeah. That's scary. Sounds like you got to do some stuff. Right. Which so you I do. tell them until we know the budget at the budget meeting, we can't really. Nothing. Got nothing. Can't do anything. Okay. Option two is they have done what they were supposed to do. And they say, I'm I'm approved, pre-approved. Then they get the congrats. Even if I went over all these things on the phone, which a lot of it I may have discussed with them on okay. the phone, just about the process and then, you know, house hunting. But mm-hmm. I we, that is when I also send the congratulations on being pre-approved email template. Yes. That also reiterates the rules for house hunting, yes. what to do, what not to do. And ever since I started using that template several years ago, it has increased buyer loyalty so much. Yes. And also, if one does become unfaithful and do something wrong, I'm not beating myself You're up. You're like, I told you the rules and because, you chose to misbehave. Yes. Now, <laughs> if it's someone I didn't send the email to, then, you're then like, I'm like, it's I me. messed up. It's on me. I should have... Stuck to my systems and not let this one slip through the crack. Right. Okay, but that's a good learning lesson. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we've got them pre-approved. The difficult buyer got the email that said, get this pre-approved. This is why we this have to get pre-approved. Doing it. Yes. Okay. And now, now we're going to view houses. Okay. Do you want to... All right. But you haven't... Unless you went to their budget meeting. I used to go to those, but with COVID... You haven't. I haven't because they're doing a lot of it online now, which is great. But I am trying to be... I am trying to keep the the lender and the buyer on an email chain. chain, Even if it's a lender that they have. Yeah. I'll email the lender and copy the buyer and say, hey, it looks like we have a mutual buyer. Right. Just wanted to introduce myself. Let me know how this looks. They let me know they're filling out their application. Right. Just to keep everybody on the same page. Okay. Well, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. But so with that being said, you're now doing what I always did, which is you're seeing the buyer maybe for the first time Mm -hmm. at the first showing. Yeah. They're pre-approved, but that's the first time you're seeing them. Yes. Okay. What 
what do or don't you do and what do or don't you have because we do this differently. What do you mean? We're, what do you we're, what do you show up with? You've gone to the house. We show up to look at houses. How many houses are you going to see? Probably like two or three, maybe four, depending on inventory. There's do you have a max? Not a All right. Lot. Let's just say inventory is more normal than currently. Okay. Um, I'm okay with showing like five or six. Okay. If they're in the same area. Do you give them a max? Like you're maxed out, friends. It kind of depends on location. Okay. And I know that you're very good about when they send you the list. You're We've talked about this before. You're color coding them and sending it back and telling them, no, this one is a flood zone. You said you didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Or yes, this one is good. Or hey, this one's got this on their property disclosure. Maybe we don't want to see that. Or this doesn't meet the area that you wanted. And then you're eliminating some that way. Yes. Okay. Which I think is a great best practice that most people are not doing. They're just allowing the buyers to pick all the houses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. I have had a situation before where they were all pretty good options and I needed to eliminate some for the same. And what of, did you do for the outing? I said, look, I have found once you see more than five or six homes in a day. That's true. It is too much. If you had to pick your top five. Tell me what they are. Tell me what they are. Because what is the chance that house number nine is going to be the one? They're not going to remember. It's going to be <laughs> just like, this is two, not one, ten. Right. We don't know. So I'll tell them, what would your top five be? And then we'll map it out accordingly. And maybe if one of the other five is like in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. I'll just add it just to Yes. I think that it. the sweet spot is definitely... For max is between five and seven. You don't need to see more than that in one day. More than seven is you're not going to remember. Nobody's happy. No, it's miserable. Then it's work. They don't remember anything. It's like they're exhausted. It's not fun anymore. No, it's just in and out of the car. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's bad. And you like it all runs together. Then you're having to turn in all that feedback, but you can barely remember it. It's just a lot. And that too, this is the point where I say... Yes, send me your list, but also send me houses that catch your eye so I can learn your style. Mm -hmm. I'm going to set up a search for you. I think I've talked before about how my setting up a buyer search can take me up to 30 to 45 minutes. Right, you're really, yeah. Because I am filtering. I don't want to get a lot of garbage. Mm -hmm. If you do the work on the front end, it helps keep everything clean. But while I am setting up that search, I might email them and say, hey, I was setting up your search and I noticed that this subdivision kept coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you like this subdivision? Is this, or should I eliminate it from the search right. so it doesn't email us every time a house there comes right. up? So I'll send them an email as like, usually by the time I in, I finish their search, they, I have drafted an email to them saying what all like the com- yeah, commonalities were. What you think about this or this or this? Should mm-hmm. I eliminate this? What do you, do you like old homes? Is yes. this one too old? That's good. So it lets them know like, okay, she's like really thinking it through. Really thinking it through. And then whenever I do get an email with their name on it from MLS saying like a new listing has mm-hmm. popped up, it's usually pretty spot on. Because you've really filtered yeah. the search. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so if they say, yes, we don't like that neighborhood or it's too far, I'll eliminate it from the search. And then I don't get emails every okay. time. Well, that's great. And then we're just emailing each other. So okay. I send them stuff. They send me stuff. Yes. Okay. That's good. All right. How? Tell me about the logistics of when you make the appointments. Let's say you have five showings. You're going to go out and meet them for the first time. You use the showing time. You let it sort the route. Like you are using the tools that you have. How do you keep track of where you're going next? You just pull up your showing time app and like let it no, tell you? No, I actually do like to have a piece. If we're seeing more than two houses, yes. I have a MLS printout. Okay, of all of the ones you're seeing. I usually have one for me okay. and one for them. Yes. Mine has the access instructions, yes. the alarm. So I'm not like scrolling through my email trying to find yes. alarm instructions. Okay. And then I'll say, hey, guys, here is a list of the houses in order that we are going to see today. I would suggest making notes on each one. Or if you just don't like it at all, just put a big X on it. No need to overthink it if it's not the house for you. And I show them, hey, on here, this is the days on market. Mm -hmm. This is how big it is. Um, So this is the order we'll be going in. Okay. I would definitely make notes on this paper. And they're usually like, thank you. Yes. I do the same thing. And then I'm not fumbling. And then say we're looking at houses on Saturday and I'm scheduling them on Thursday. I go ahead and print out those Mm -hmm. printouts, staple them, 
And then I go to my email and write down the show, my instructions, alarm codes, mm-hmm. and everything. On the printout. On the printout and delete the email. Yeah. So it's not in my email till Saturday. Same girl. Yeah. Same. So when it's time to schedule the five showings, I printed out their copy from the MLS. Yes. And then my copy from the MLS. Yes. Okay. Same thing. I sort them out the way that I'm route. They're routed. Staple them together so they're in order. Then the way I do it so I know that the appointment was confirmed yes. or that I called for it or yes. that I put the butt or hit the button to do it. I just write at the bottom of each page what time I think I'll arrive. Yes. So if it starts at 10 a.m., I'll put a 10 and then I'll write just below it 10 through 11. So I know that's the appointment time and that's when I have already sent the request for that appointment time. Once the appointment is confirmed, I put a little checkbox next yes, to the time same. and I write the instructions and then I do it on every page. So if I think I'm going to be at that house for 10 minutes and then I've got 10 minutes of travel time, the next one will say 10, 20, mm-hmm. and then I'll write 10 through 11. And that way I know if I'm getting off course, mm-hmm. do I have to adjust these appointments while we're out? That's the other problem with doing more than five or six. Mm-hmm. You can very easily get off course on your timing. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're having to call and change all these appointments at the end of your group. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do all that. I have their copy, which I tell them the same thing you did, which is here's your copy, they're in order, make your notes on this page. Uh, but I slip it inside of my buyer folder, which in my buyer mm-hmm. folder is sort of like my, hello, welcome to home buying kit. You know, yes. you've already been pre-approved, but here's a vendor list. Here's my testimonials. I mean, most of these things, some of these things they have already seen, sure. depending on what how we have tra- it has transpired. But it's got in there, you know, an inspector pamphlet and, you know, some other information they might need along with the steps to making a purchase in my words. Mm -hmm. So like how we do it in my world, here's the one through whatever list. Mm -hmm. It's all in the folder. It's in there with your MLS sheets. Now we go. Now we see the house. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna love it change your life literally fired (laughs) my assistant they are the best enjoy the template yes enjoy okay is there anything you want to tell us about actually seeing the homes so sometimes whenever i have showing time and it has the five houses i'll copy and paste the mls numbers into mls to have them all five well that's how i get them all five pulled up to print them out. Yes. Okay. But while those five houses are up, that is also when I might go through the property disclosures really quickly and yes. write down the age of the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else I saw on there that would be alarming or not alarming. Um, so that way when we're walking through and they're like, how old's the roof? I at least have You've some already notes know. On, yeah. on a few things. I agree. It is too hard to pull up the property disclosure on your phone while you're in the middle of showing. They don't all last that long. So they might ask me a question. And by the time I've got it pulled up, they're ready to go. (laughs) Yes. So I just it's easier to take a few notes Mm -hmm. on on that actual paper. Okay, I like that. Now, what happens next? They have picked a house. Okay. great. So at this point, I tell them usually while we are in the house. Yes. I say, okay, I am going to draft a let an email to your lender and Wait, copy pause. You. Okay. How much of this do you really talk about in the house now versus five years ago when people weren't surveilling your every word in their home? I should probably still be I should probably be more cautious. Okay, because I am now acting like a freaking spy yeah. when I'm in the house, like, hey. 
Yeah. Remember, we can't really talk in here. Yeah, because we might be listened but, to. And, and in both directions. And I'm like, on the outside, I'm like, okay, remember, look like you like the house, but don't look like you love the house. Right, Look right. like you're nice, yeah, yeah. but, you know, like, don't go opening cabinets and acting weird. Like, there's a there are limits. And it is an important thing to share with your buyers yes. because they will also want to say to you, I love this house. I want to offer full price. I want... You know, it's the best. I hope we don't lose it. And it's like, I'm trying to help you negotiate a deal. Yes. Right? So don't give away. I mean, for instance, I had a listing over the summer with a ring doorbell. (laughs) And we had several showings when we first put on the market. One of the buyers had called me on the phone and been like, I have an agent, but my agent won't answer their call. And I really need to see this house. I've been dying to live in this neighborhood. And I'm like, girl, you are telling the listing agent that you're like, yeah, you haven't you're going to buy this house. You haven't even been there yet. Then she shows up They with her agent. They Here's the ring doorbell. I did not. T- you cannot tell your sellers what to do. They will not listen. Mm-mm, I could tell my listen. sellers all day, don't be listening to your ring doorbell. Don't surveil your you know, buyers, but it's their home. All these Wi-Fi baby monitors they where want, you can hear They want to know it all. And here we go. Here's... Brenda, who who, came, who called me, so I already know she's obsessed. And then she comes out after the showing out of the front door and her agent's like, okay, well, I'll be writing up that offer you. And Brenda's friend is talking to her about how much they love the house and the ring doorbell. Then she sits down on the front porch like chair and gets her friend to take her picture in front of her new house. Stop it. I am not exaggerating one tiny little bit. And here is my seller calling me and sending me like screenshots of the ring doorbell. Uh, Actually, I think they sent me the video. And I was like, oh my word. Okay, this is well, happening. I mean, y'all, do I? you have no leverage of as, as a buyer if you literally give away the farm while yeah. you're in the house. Mm-hmm. So I try to save the conversation you're about to tell us for the car. Okay, so we usually, I do try to walk to our cars and lock up and say, let's talk, you know, in our cars. Um, And then I, while we are in the driveway, I'm saying, look, I'm going to email the lender. I'm going to copy y'all. And I say, hey, lender, we are at this house address. This is the list price. Um, can you let me know how much in closing costs we would need to ask for, mm-hmm. um, estimated monthly note at this price. And I ask it at list price because yeah. I want them to know. Right. If we get countered. Yeah. If we get countered, yeah. this is going to be worst case scenario. Right. Anything else is going to be less than this. Yes. Um, and could you please send me a pre-approval letter yeah. at this time? Yeah. So usually by the time I get... <sighs> To my computer, uh-huh. it is there, Love which it. I think is important. In the lender you choose. In the lender that you choose. I respect boundaries as much as any of them, but when it is game time, I'm writing an offer. Right. Then I might have to text my, my lender that I emailed and say, hey, just want to let you know so-and-so wants to make an offer, so I just yeah. emailed you. And they're yeah. like, oh, thanks, because I was doing yard work. I'll go do that real quick. I got you. Um, but if, if it's just a general question for the lender, right. we're not making an offer right now. Save I'm it for business texting. hours. Yes. You email. Yeah. I'll email them and say, Hey, when you get to the office Monday, yeah, no rush. check this. I like that. But if it is something where we're trying to make an offer, mm-hmm. I do text the lender after yeah. I send the email. And I feel like I don't want the buyer to email the lender because I ask like four questions, closing costs, monthly note, pre-approval letter. Right. They you want, it to, you want to hear it straight from them. Yeah. And then you don't want to say, hey, buyer, go email your lender. Oh, no. You know, then they're like, okay, well, what no, do no. I say? And, and then if we're all, if I do it and copy them, we're all on the same page. I like so. that. Okay. That's good. Um. Okay. What here's the you so you contacted the lender you're about to write the offer. Do you also contact the listing agent? In the feedback, I usually say, we liked a lot about the home. Are you expecting any offers at this time? Yeah. And I typically have taken it to the next step, which a lot of people probably have experienced this. There's nothing worse than writing an offer only to try and send it and find out they already have one mm-hmm. or have accepted one or just you you really, really need to reach out to that listing agent in some fashion before yes. you get your, first of all, it's a waste of your time. right? And you're going to get your buyer's hopes. Well, they're 
heart is going to be crushed because mm-hmm. they can't even, but what, cause once you write the offer, then it's like, it's real. Right. Right. So I typically will text or call the listing agent and just confirm, do you have an offer? And my number two question is, if you don't, have you ever had an offer? Right. Because it sort of tells you how negotiable they are. You know, if they're like, yeah, we got a low one, but the seller, mm-hmm. you know, you can also ask if you, and again, this is where phone talking can be helpful. Yes. If you get the listing agent on the phone, you can be like, hey, we saw the house. We love it. We're going to write an offer. Do you have an offer? They'll be like, no. Have you gotten any offers? Well, yeah. Well, what happened? Well, the seller's really not negotiable or they wanted him to paint the kitchen or whatever it was might be something your buyer was planning to ask. And then you already know the answer. So you can start that negotiation off on the right foot. And sometimes they tell you stuff maybe they shouldn't be telling you. Right. Seller has relocated. They're desperate to sell. Bring us that offer. You know, so the phone call is huge. Yes. Or at least at the very least, a text or some method of contact Mm -hmm. where they say, no offer is on the table. Sure. Okay. Now you're writing the offer. Mm-hmm. Have we done one on offers? Oh, I actually have a template. Let's hear it. That I send them um, via email that says it's like the offer. Okay. Email. To your buyer. Yes. Okay. And it says the offer is in your email from authenticine slash dot loop DocuSign, whatever, whatever you use. Wherever you send it from. Okay. Um. A few things I know we I know we talked about it, but a few things I want you to note. Note. Okay. And then I have line blah 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 shows where I asked for the refrigerator, washer, dryer. Line blank is our close date. Yes. Line like it just kind of points out the highlights. Because you know they're not reading that offer. I know they're not reading it. And I want it documented that You told them. I told them yep. and I emailed you. Uh-huh. And then um, it also will say, in addition to that, you will also be signing the property disclosure filled out by the seller, uh-huh. the whatever, anything else. Whatever. If you have forms that you use for your office. that, yeah. And just brief explanations of everything that they're about to sign. Love it. So I send those at the same time. So they get my email explaining what they're signing. Along with the offer. Yes. Got it. And you discussed at the house probably what the offer would be. Yes, or do you have to go home of, and yeah, do I comps usually sometimes? have to do comps. I yeah. say, okay, I've emailed the lender. We're going to see how you feel about the numbers that they send back. Right. In the meantime, I'm going to run comps and let you know what yeah. I think we should offer. Yeah. So after I get email numbers back from the lender, I will usually call them and say, hey, how did you feel about these yeah. numbers? I think we should offer this. Yeah, I'd like to interject here. It is not... Um, it is not an issue if you did not pull five to seven property reports before, like no, CMAs no, 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 before no. you I don't get. run comps on That makes no sense to me. It's too, and you know what? It's, it's, yes, sometimes buyers will put me on the spot when we're out and be like, hey, well, you do know, do you know if this price is right? What should we offer? And I'll be like, I, I have to pull up the market mm-hmm. report. Like I have to do a market report. Sure. I'm, and then that's it. And they're like, okay, no problem. And I'm like, I'll let you know in a few hours or in 30 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But doing a CMA on every one, mm-hmm. That's a waste of your time. Yeah. But what is not a waste of your time is reading the property disclosure before. So like, you know. Because that's where you could learn if there is a potential deal yes. breaker. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you've already discussed the market report. You've made the, you sent them the email, two emails. Mm-hmm. Now they have signed. What happens next? It goes to the listing agent. Okay. Sometimes there's a note. Yep. It kind of depends. Yeah. You know, like sometimes if it's a competitive situation or right. a short day on market, mm-hmm. um, it, it all just kind of depends. But it will at least come with a friendly note from myself. A friendly saying, note. My buyers really love the house. This is why our, if it's a offer that's far from what they were asking, I do like to explain why the offer is what it is if I need to. Um, I might say something like closing costs are very important to the buyer. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, just kind of letting them, giving them a little bit of insight into what we're looking for. Okay. In hopes of a counter that we can just accept. Okay. I like it. I was looking up. Episode 43 mm-hmm. is offer accepted. Okay. That is the episode strictly on offers. So I think 
That'd be a good review. Yeah, if you, you want to go in. and really get deep on what we're putting in there, what's happening, it's all there, all in episode 43. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was like, man, I feel like we definitely have talked about offers, but just not the other part of the yeah. process. And I don't mean to backtrack, but I keep thinking this. I think it is very important and not enough realtors do it to be involved during the lender side of the buyer. Okay. So many realtors say, well, just get pre-approved. Let me know. Or here's a link. Let me know. Or, right. But I think it is our job to help, especially the young first-time homebuyers, yeah. understand that it's not all about the interest rate. Yeah. It's not all, you know, it, it's about the, the fees. Oh, and they don't know what that it's even about, means. Like all of that means. Right. And that's where us being teachers really comes in and mm-hmm. needing to educate them on the questions to ask. I had a young girl come back, come to me one time and say, you know, I'm pre-approved with XYZ. My dad told me to get pre-approved with them. And I was familiar with the bank right. and knew that their fees were high. And I just told her to get a fees worksheet. And I sent it to a local lender and got the same fees worksheet and it saved $2,300. a lot of money. For the same interest rate. Yeah. And at first her dad was like, you don't need to be shopping and letting other people pull your credit. It's going to damage all your credit, blah, blah, blah. Well, wouldn't you know, he was livid that they were charging his so much daughter more. so much. Mm. And like, what is, why is this such a difference? And mm. just, and then the dad, like two years later, bought an investment property and used the, the, the lender, lender that, she, <laughs> that I had recommended. I love it. But that saved the family $2,300. And like, that's, that's a big deal. That's our worth right there. Yeah. That's but a too big many deal. Agents are worried about talking money with their clients. Yes. And I think, we dive into this a lot in the lender episode yes. that we did yes. fairly recently. Yes. I'll figure out which one it is and tell yeah. you. Um, but go back. If you are struggling with having that conversation and feeling like, oh, I can't ask them if they're pre-approved or how they feel about money or, I mean, I ask people, how much do you have saved? What do you feel right. comfortable with monthly? Yeah. It's, it's our job to ask those questions. It, for sure. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just, well, offers accepted now. Oh, what you need to know about lenders is number 59. Yeah, so if you're struggling with how to educate your buyers in that area, and I think I even shared in that episode the time where I had my friend's dad mm-hmm. call me and was like, we're moving back from Houston, we need a house. And I was just way too intimidated because they have a lot of money. Right. And I did not want to ask him like, okay, have you had your budget meeting? You right. Know? You're like, oh, I fine. don't know. Yeah. I'll sell you a house. Yeah. And then come to find out like his retirement that he was planning on using mm-hmm. wasn't mature and he wasn't pre-approved. Oh, no. And, and we were under contract on a house. You had gone all the way there. <laughs> it was there. so bad. It was like, and it was, I mean, it was in the last three years, so I wasn't right. a new agent. All of that to say it is our job to also guide and direct them in the lending process. Yes. And that it doesn't matter who they are or what you Think that think Don't, of them. Here's a tip. Don't fudge on your own rules. Yes. Stick to the rules and, and also be a resource for their finances if they need it. Yeah. And you know what? I will tell you probably it's easier if you were on that call and you felt like a little nervous mm-hmm. or weird about asking, then just go back to email. Hey, I make all of my clients do X, Y, Z. Sure. This, this is, is this, the this protocol. Is it. This is the protocol. It's in an email. They're not going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, because it's a whole production for them to call you and be like, no, I won't follow your rules. Right. Just, it's fine. Okay. So the offer is accepted. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you what I do because it is vital for me and I have built it into your Trello system now. Okay. I have my buyer... Hi, YouTube. You can look at my paper. I have my buyer contract information sheet. Okay. On the front page, it goes through all of the contact info, the client, all the specifics of the contract, contract date, deposit, sale price, repairs, concessions, warranty, appliance, termite. It's all on here. Okay. Then I've got the realtor co-op information, the mortgage, the title. If I need inspection information's on here, it's all on here. Great. It's basically like a huge contact page for my transaction. It is all right here. Great. On the back side, it has my workflow. So my checklist. 
all of this is now input into my Trello template. So the buyer card and the seller card have this in it. Okay. So I don't have to use the paper. You know, I like a little paper just for my visual brain. It likes it. Um, but so now that the offer is accepted, I fill all this out. Okay. So that I know, and I can, it's a perfect overview glance at your transaction. And this type of information is all also housed within pretty much every single CRM there is. I just don't like a CRM. It hurts my brain. Yes, it's too much. This is the simplest, easiest way for me to say, oh, yep, client name. Here's their information. Mm -hmm. I'm calling about a warranty. I have all of it right there. Here's the here's the title company. Here's the I've got it all. Yes. Um, so that's what I have. What what do you do to store the information you need during this time? Trello. Okay. Um, but also an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, you do. I do. It, well, why do you make a face like that? Tell us what's on your spreadsheet. I didn't want. I didn't want to make people think I do it twice and I'm not being efficient. But <laughs> hey, wipe it. Look, I do it's have your system. It's well. So the assistant that I have mm-hmm. has the Excel spreadsheet for kind of like works best for yeah. her too. So, but she emails it to me every Monday and it's, it's updated. A, it's a Google sheet. Yeah. And it has lender title. All of it. All of it. Um, if I'm supposed to provide the WDIR, yep. same things that, that yours has, I'm sure. And also has on there where the deposit check is, um, you know, just everything you would need to know. But it's on one piece of paper. Yes. Whereas I Trello is everybody on one piece of paper by name and address. Right. But if you want to look at the different title companies or something, Yeah, you'd have to click and open each name. Right. So let's say you're calling your lender to get an update on someone. You're getting an update on everyone. Yes. Or if you're calling a title office to get an update, you just check them all. Yes. I love it. So I'll say who is with this title company. Okay. I'll email that person and say, do you mind giving me an update on these four addresses? Okay. The reason why this works for you and makes perfect sense is because you're working at a high volume. So you have a lot, like I, yeah, sometimes I have two or three at the same title company, Mm -hmm. but it's not all the time. Sure. But I do have my lender. Typically, I have to ask her questions about three or four at a time. Yes. Especially because, you know, maybe they are at all different phases or haven't even have a contract yet. Yeah. So having the Excel spreadsheet is just, is my one snapshot. Okay. And your spreadsheet is just under contract. Just pendings. Just pendings. Yes. I don't use it for prospective buyers or active listings okay. or anything. This is just like my contracts that I need to make sure. Perfect. I am notor- I hate deposit checks. I always forget to tell my office that something is closing and that I need the and deposit check. And you don't get check. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it just... That's I'm a seller like, thing. I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. Put a pin in that. Okay. Most importantly, after your offer was accepted and we filled out yeah. our spreadsheet or our form, we have to send the most important email. Well, the, I don't know. The template. Yes. And this is the, you know, new contract, next steps. Yes. So what do they do next? Don't wait for your buyer to text you and say, what do I do now? Yeah, now what? I don't know what to do. You need to address the deposit. Right. And the inspection. Mm-hmm. And what happens in the appraisal. Mm-hmm. And when do these things happen? And mm-hmm. what it's, this is the what to expect when you're expecting to buy a home, yes. right? Like it's all in this email. I copy the lender. Yes. Maybe the title company. Attach the fully signed contract. Everything is there. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. This email is the one that will cut your communication in half yes. with your client. Everybody has everything that they need. You already know. You've all seen it. And then we have the four listing agents. Okay. Template. Yes. Where I send them a email with a copy of the executed contract, even though they probably already have it. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes I copy the lender on that one too. Yeah. Because I want them, I always feel good when a buyer's agent does that for me. Keeping the loop. I'm like, yeah, they don't mind. It's I'm letting them know, Hey, this is the lender. And guess what? If you have any Go straight Questions, to them. Ask her. Yeah. I don't like getting emails from buyer's agents saying, um, yeah, from buyer's agents saying, hey, any update on? No. Like, guess what? You can ask the lender. I'm going to give you their info. Yeah, here you go. Love Feel it. Feel free to email them too with any questions that you have. I love it. And it also reminds them, don't call me. Yeah. Email me. 
Yeah. During I love this it. transaction. Right. Don't call me. Okay. I like it. Now we're going to have our inspection, which there is a whole episode on that. Yes. So we won't dive too uh, much. Nope. But let's just say we've done it and we've done our repair request. And there is an email template that you have on that one, which is your draft mm-hmm. repair request. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I do, you know, try to also be the manager of that process as well. For sure. And not just giving the buyer free reign to schedule when they want to schedule. Right. You need to. Again, that is a I super will give high... them options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll get the, I usually say, I usually pull up the inspector's website and say, this time, this time, this time. Yeah, because you're talking about it in person. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um, ins and outs of inspections is episode 61. Okay. Okay. Insert that here. Right. Insert. You can just fill in all these blanks. Okay. Now we've sent the, we've got our repairs negotiated. We've done a whole episode on appraisals. This is why we didn't feel like we ha- we needed yeah. to do a buyer episode. There, all the pieces are broken out. Yes. Appraisals is episode 28. So you we can go back to listen. In depth. You can go back to that one. So now we've had our inspection. We've had our appraisal. And now it is about to be closing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have, we have the email template that is the buyer approaching closing. Yes. What do, what, what do we need to cover? Um, well, I also have an email that goes to the listing agent reminding them to send me any utilities. Okay. Receipts. Receipts. Um, HOA information. Yes. Don't forget the garage clickers. Right, right. <laughs> all that, all that. What about... Your we talked about this in a recent episode. What about your walkthrough? You schedule it the day before, you schedule it the five days out. Like when do you like to go? I like to go the day before or before closing. Agree. Unless there's something I'm nervous about. Now, right. Here's my problem. <laughs> when you have asked for a lot of repairs, yes, and they were not things that were easily discernible on a receipt. Let's yes. just call I'm gonna call this the wood rot problem. Okay. Yeah. I have a receipt that says wood rot has been repaired, Mm -hmm. but when I show up, it's not painted or it's painted poorly or Mm -hmm. it's partially repaired or it looks like poop. Yep. Um, Again, this is why allowances are better. Yes. But when it's something like that, depending on what the repairs are, I make sort of a game time call about, do I want to go five days Mm -hmm. out? And then maybe I'll go back again right before, Mm -hmm. because here's the problem. No matter what happens, I want to go for that final walkthrough as close to the closing as possible. One day before right. in the afternoon right. Same. or morning of, if it's mm-hmm. a later in the day closing, because not just the repairs, you can't check condition Mm-mm. that far out and be just assuming everything's fine. Well, the seller isn't usually moved out five days before no, closing. No, but even on a vacant house, what if something, right. a pipe burst or right. something happened? I just can't, n- n- no. We need to go as close to as possible. Yes. I usually like to schedule them back to back. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, meet me there at two. We're closing yeah, at well, right. three. Yeah. Also, it keeps them from wanting to linger a long time. Right. Like, like hey, got to get to closing. Got to get to closing. Time to go. Yeah. Um, don't you want to buy this house? You can come send in it later. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um. All right. So we've closed. Yeah. What did you bring the buyer to closing? Maybe a painting of their new house. Cute. Usually. Okay. I like my stamp, my return yes. address stamp. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get an email. Yes. After closing. How Reminding long them. after? Usually within a week. I usually wait a week to mm-hmm. like the dust settle a little. Yeah. And then what happens in the email? Um, Reminding them about Homestead, asking for reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agree. Now, you have another email that we didn't want to, it doesn't, it's not a necessity. Or you have several. Mm-hmm. If if you, wherever you are, have things that you have to repeatedly tell buyers yes. about, or the type of buyers you're working with, maybe, about flood zone or uh, foreclosures, or if you're repeatedly answering a question about, I don't know, radon inspections, who the <laughs> heck knows? I don't yeah. know. Like, whatever it is, that's a great thing to have a template on. So mm-hmm. you, one, don't forget to say anything, and two, don't have to keep retyping the same thing over and over again. Correct. Okay. Um, and that's the last template I had on the list. Mm-hmm. And we've yep. closed. Goodbye, buyers. <laughs> yes. And then in my Trello checklist, before I get rid of the card, I do write a handwritten letter to the other agent. Okay, I like it. Um, and you do you send a handwritten sure thank you card to your peeps, to your buyer, to my. I don't think I do. I think I just send do them it to the, the agent the email. 
with the reminder, thanking them, asking for a review. Um, I make sure that we are friends on social media outlets. Yes. Um, The buyer. Yeah. My buyer. And also at that time, if there was a dad or aunt or boss that came anywhere, mm -hmm. I will ask like, hey, I'd love to send your dad a thank you card. Can I have his address? Yeah. Your boss, a thank you card, whoever. Right, whoever was there. Yeah. And we should point out, because I know we've talked about it before, you encourage them to bring those people to yeah. showings. Bring whoever you want. Bring sure. a party. Right. That's the easiest way to get a referral. Yep. Then hey. they meet you and... You're like, oh, she's the They best. obviously didn't recommend a realtor to you, so maybe, maybe they they're, can get to know me. They're open. Yeah. Okay, I like it. That pretty much is... Oh, before we end... Oh, thank God I remembered. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. we had received an email from a listener who okay. had some questions, and I'm going to ask them to you, and you can answer. Okay. Okay. She listened to the episode on leads, but was wondering if there's an opportunity to do one more specifically on buyers who are referred by a friend or past client. So they would be warmer buyers sure. who reach out to you via phone, email. Um, so... So far, what we've talked about is how I would deal with them, like the regular intake and all of that. Sure. Here's the questions. What documents are you sending sharing after the first one or two contacts? Do you share any documents after the first one or two contacts? I mean, you're sending the template of get pre-approved. Yeah. And then the congrats on pre-approval dives into the mm-hmm. process a little bit. Okay. Um, All right. And we've already covered her second question, which was what questions you were asking in the initial contact. Yes. Um, And then we've already talked about my buyer folder because she asked if you had one and what was in that. Um, This is another thing I want to point out about this. Um, If I get a whoever, someone in my sphere, past client, personal, whatever, who says, oh, I gave your name to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I will always say, hey, do you have their email address? Do you mind if I just send a quick hello? Because here's the problem. So-and-so either did or didn't get your name or does or doesn't remember it and is nervous about calling, especially if they're a first-time buyer, some random realtor. And I'll just send a quick email that says, hey, you know, Susie recommended, said she recommended me, just wanted to drop a quick hello and say, I'm here if you have any questions about the process, attached are my client testimonials, and the steps to making a purchase. See, I think that's good. Oh, thank you. I don't have anything like that. Okay. It is really helpful um, to pin them down an email and open up dialogue. That's important. Because, right, then they're like, oh, hey, thanks. She did, or we are, or yeah. And I definitely have caught people who I think would have just moved on and Mm -hmm. found somebody else or just what called a random person on the internet Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, you're nice. And I can now read your reviews and sure. see what the process is. And and I'm always mindful to tell the referrer, hey, I'm not going to be salesy. Right. I just want to say, hey, and open dialogue. And I'll say that. I just want to say, hey, and open dialogue just to let them know I'm here. I need to do that. Okay, great. I like it. So it's one of my best right, practices that on that. Template. Great. Super. I'll put it on the list. Um. Right. <laughs> No one needs to be listening to me add that to the list. Pre-buyer. Pre-buyer template. Okay. And I think those were all of the questions. Um, Oh, because she had been getting more referral calls. Yay. I love that. Okay. Perfect. All right. And and when you get those referral calls for buyers, if they're further out, just make sure you're storing them on your Trello or someplace so you follow up accordingly. And if you have a buyer that is a... Continual rule breaker. <laughs> it is okay to let them know that it's just not how you operate. Yeah. And that you dedicate your time to those that are loyal. Right. And operate the way you do. Yeah. I am as loyal to you as you are to me. Right. So. Someone else is going to get my attention. So it's okay if you, because I had, I've had a few just along the years that called signs no matter what. They're like, I just fine. did, they I've had people, well, I saw them outside. And so I stopped. I'm like, that's against the rules. That's against the rules. That's not how I operate. It's okay to Look, tell people. Yeah. This is not okay. Right. If they need to move on to someone else. Yeah. I'm okay if you need to interview other agents. Sure. <laughs> okay. Very well. Are you ready for a toast? Yes. 
All right. Buyers, 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 buyers. Buyers. We did it. Okay. Um, today's toast comes from Laura Halifax, and she wants to toast to the Chelsea L team from Nova Scotia, Canada. Canada? They are a powerhouse of women. Oh, my gosh. In Canada. That's right. So cheers to the Chelsea L team. Okay. I don't know how many people are on the team. Yeah. But I hope they all hear this. Great. And thank you to Laura for send- sending in that toast. Thanks, Laura. Okay. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Okay, goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.